Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas. Welcome to the Weeds Are Wild podcast series as a part of Arkansas Row Crops Radio. Hi, this is Tom Barber, Extension Weed Scientist with the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. And today I'm joined by Dr. Ben Thrash, who's an extension entomologist with the U of A Division of Ag. Morning, Ben. Good morning, Tom. How's it going? All right. Um, thanks for coming and being a part of the podcast uh, this time. I think this is episode 11 in our series uh, three of the Weeds Are Wild podcast, so, uh, or season three. So uh, thanks for being here. And, uh, you know, when I look back at this season and how it's gone, it's been some ups and downs, but uh, we're going to talk cotton today. And a lot of our cotton was planted in a pretty small window somewhere around between the 1st and 10th of May, I'd say, you know, this year. And so it's all kind of around the same stages and our growth stage wise. And I think uh, some of us are getting the same calls on, you know, what can I mix? We've got weeds we want to control. We've got thrips we need to control. Sounds like the thrips are pretty bad this year. So, but Ben, I just want to turn it over to you and kind of give us an update on, on what you're seeing on thrips. Yeah. So thrips, you know, they started out pretty light earlier this year and and some of the earlier planted cotton i think avoided a lot of this uh thrips issue uh but some of them really didn't uh our later planted stuff uh like i planted some cotton i think around the 15th of june down at tiller and the thrips have just hopped on that stuff and they are thick i mean they're killing my cotton and my untreated plots so it's uh it's it's bad in some areas but it sounds like we've got a wide mixture of of cotton growth stages out there, I guess. Some people have first squares that they say they've been seeing on some cotton, and then some people are still treating thrips. So, uh, you know, a wide variation out there. But, um, you know, as far as thrips control goes, uh, we've been seeing good control uh, with Intrepid Edge uh, overall, but the problem is we've got really high thrips numbers right now, and we're getting reinfested really quickly. And that product really doesn't have any residual control uh, to speak of. And what me and Tom have been talking about a little bit this morning is that with that product, uh, it's imperative that you get good coverage uh, with Intrepid Edge, and that means you got to have like a non-ionic surfactant with it to improve your coverage, or a, or a crop oil even helps a lot. And then you really can't be using really coarse nozzles. Uh, it it can make a dramatic difference uh, in how much control you're getting of those thrips. Uh, but then also we were talking about a little bit about herbicide mixtures. Right, and so, you know, and it's across the board on that, too, I think, uh, Ben, you know, and so, uh, believe it or not, it's still hard to talk uh, some farmers into spraying prees because they still remember back in the old days when all we did was use prees and, and ding cotton up, but with our pigweed populations now, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's something we have to do, and we just have to accept what, you know, little, a lot of times, early season injury that we get. And that injury, it can be, it's dependent on rate, it's dependent on soil type, it can be dependent on what we use, when we catch the rain, if we catch a rain. And so it's, uh, there's a lot of variables out there that, you know, determine whether or not we injure our cotton from it. I think 
for the most part, with all the work we've done, we've kind of tweaked the rates to where we can pick a pretty good rate for a soil type uh, without getting tremendous injury that, you know, requires us to replant or something like that. But still, we, uh, you know, it's always a possibility, I guess, that we're going to injure cotton. And anytime we, that cotton is stressed, what we've seen over the years, whether it's from herbicide injury uh, or something else, you know, if, you know, thrips to me tend to want to jump on that stress cotton, or it seems like they're more evident on that stress cotton anyway. And so, um, you know, inevitably we've got weeds to, that we need to kill. We've got thrips that we may want to kill. And, and a lot of growers want to mix all that into one herbicide application or pesticide application, I guess I should say. And so, and want to know how bad that's going to beat up their cotton. Mm -hmm. And so that's the question I'm getting a lot right now. Uh, you know, and my opinion on that being has always been number one on the weed side, we need to take care of, of, you know, the most prominent weed out there, you know, worry about making a mixture for that. But once, if we mix, you know, Roundup and Liberty and Dual or, or Sequence and Liberty or some combination of, uh, Warrant Liberty Roundup, Outlook Liberty Roundup. You know, we, we tend to um, burn the cotton pretty bad depending on environmental conditions with just those three. And so when we throw an insecticide in on top of that, um, it makes it that much worse. Yeah, a lot some of those some of those herbicides or insecticides like the orthene and bidrin and stuff, they seem to really heat up some of those herbicide mixtures, whereas like Intrepid Edge really doesn't do that, which is a benefit with that. Um, also, you know, something I just thought about was we're starting to have some pop-up showers here and there, and the rain fastness on Intrepid Edge is a lot better than uh, with acetate uh, in particular. Acetate, you almost, you need at least like 12 hours uh, in order to get good efficacy out of that, a rain-free period. Uh, so just kind of keep that uh, in mind. But when we we're talking about injuring your cotton too, it seems like I've, I've got several pictures of some really beat up cotton and it's not just herbicides. It's not just thrips. It's a combination of both of those plus sandblasting and just being dry weather. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, this cotton didn't seem to not be growing off good where you can't get water across it especially right now yeah and i you know you don't you hate to talk about water and cotton before it even starts squaring good but yeah i mean in some cases we're just the moisture's gone we've had a north wind for three weeks it seems like uh and just low humidity you know for the most part i think the humidity's starting to climb up now but just real dry conditions uh, as most of you know and if you haven't caught a pop-up shower uh i'll i walked some cotton yesterday that had been watered and uh, like two or three days ago and you could tell a difference where that water had run just in the amount it was able to grow and so you know going back to the stress on stress i mean the drought that we're in i call it a drought i guess officially we're not in a drought but it's pretty dry you know the dry weather that we're in right now is is another factor that's increasing that stress on our our young cotton plants you know going back to what to mix i mean i you know couple of things right now i get a lot of questions on residuals and should we even put them out because of the dry weather i mean you know number one these residuals won't be activated without a rainfall they will or irrigation you know overheat irrigation is best if we're watered down every other middle 
we're going to barely activate it probably on the sides of the bed and may get activation in the furs and that's about it. And so that we water. And so, uh, is it worth it or not? I think that, you know, if you can get to where you can water, you know, at least run some water down every middle at some point in time in fur irrigation, it may be worth it just to keep the middles clean, but I definitely wouldn't throw all the mixture together all at once. I think I would separate it out, especially on this cotton that, that is, uh, struggling right now. I'd put something in to post emergence wise to take care of the weeds and then, you know, intrepid edge or whatever y'all are recommending mm-hmm. on, on the thrift side of things, uh, just to try to reduce the amount of added stress, I guess, on this cotton, it's not going off very much. Yeah. So, but you know, it's, um, it's tough decisions to make because I want the residual out there. I mean, I definitely think we need the residual out there because we may get lucky and catch a rain. And if it rains, the weeds are coming. But at the same time, you know, with the conditions we're in now, these residuals will sit there. I will say they'll sit there 10 to 14 days. And, and uh, you know, before we can get them activated, most of them will uh, and still get activity from them. But uh, I think, I, you know, on the cotton that I've been getting pictures of, which is always bad cotton, man, I'll never get pictures of good-looking cotton. So I'm kind of biased on what we're talking about today because most of my stuff that I make recommendations on now with through pictures anyway, it looks pretty rough. But uh, if it's stressed, if it's not growing, if we're not getting that, what, two, three nodes a day, you know, I, you might want to just uh, separate that out and make two applications. I know that costs more money in time but at the end of the day i think the cotton will grow off better and just attack that i mean if it's a tremendous thrips problem you know attack the thrips first if we need to but uh the other thing on the controlling wheat side and uh is going back to the dry weather i'm getting a lot of pictures of suspected um you know whether it's liberty dicamba 24d not working real good on pigweed populations uh you know, that 24D would be the enlist one, but, uh, when it's dry like this, you know, it's like grasses in rice. We're having a tremendous time killing grass and rice right now due to the dry conditions. Pigweeds are no different. If it's a dry, you know, in the dry weather that we're having, uh, any of these oxen herbicides require that plant to be actively growing in order to get a good control or kill on it. And so uh, if it's not actively growing, we're not going to, like our results from our herbicide application a lot of times so uh keep that in mind uh we may again water earlier especially on cotton than we normally like to this year just to um to keep it growing and and be able to make good management you know decisions and uh get effectiveness out of our weed control and and uh helps with our insecticides probably now you mentioned surfactants you know i know if we're putting uh, or you did before we started this, yeah. if we're putting, um, intrepid edge or one of these thrift materials out with roundup that's loaded or Liberty's loaded, I guess. Right. But if it's not loaded, you need to definitely absolutely add that surfactant. Yeah. Uh, roundup or Liberty or something. One of the other herbicides, if they've got a particularly high surfactant load in it, you don't need to add any more surfactant to it. That's a important point. Uh, so just keep that in mind. You don't need to add anything extra to those products. And I don't know, I've got a, I've got a couple phone calls asking me about some, uh, herbicides if they had enough surfactant in it. And I'm not an expert on her, all, 
all the herbicides, but I know Roundup and Liberty have plenty in there. Uh, but you know, you were talking about the drought or how dry it is anyways, everybody just keep in mind, you know, once all these weeds and stuff start draw, uh, drying down in ditches and turn rows and everything around there, those bugs, any bugs that are out in the ditches and all those areas, they're going to start moving to the only thing that's green in order to survive, which in a lot of cases is one of your crop fields. And so, you know, it can make insect pressure, especially along the edges of fields, a lot worse in these dry situations. Uh, you know, spider mites, we've got spider mites moving in fields right now. Uh, they've really been moving in there, it seems like, for about a week or so. Uh, people have started picking up on, on some spider mites. Uh, and a lot of this, I mean, would even be on like two-leaf cotton guys are having to spray spider mites on. Um, so just keep that in mind. Uh, check those field edges for where, you know, a lot of a lot of insects could be moving in from alternate host uh around the field <laughs> one thing i didn't tell you before we started this ben so uh, one of those fields i told you i walked yesterday that had some pretty bad thrips injury along with some herbicide injury um i, I was looking at plants and i found just random plants that would be covered with aphids already i mean it wasn't widespread it's just like i found the needle in the haystack with the aphids underneath on this real small cotton and i'm just not used to seeing aphids i guess on small cotton like that and so anyway i don't know if that's something that's starting to be an issue i haven't seen it anywhere else it's just in one field so I don't, I don't know yeah i don't think it's just extremely common we'll see it from time to time i actually i had some plots last year that started uh having aphids on them and you know this dry weather is kind of conducive for for them to uh proliferate so uh you know be on the lookout for that as well well it's um it's definitely tough when you don't catch rain every now and then to keep that cotton growing i think that's the key to all of this is yeah. is keep the cotton growing we need it to grow so we can canopy and compete with the weeds uh we need moisture to help us with weed control you know the better it's growing you know it doesn't really count for plant bugs and some other things and in insect pests i know but at least for the thrips we could outgrow at least that thrip stage you know if we can just get the cotton going yeah. Um, and one other thing, we're getting to a point where we're putting a lot of fertilizer out on this cotton. And one thing we've looked at, the you know, we mentioned separating residuals. So, you know, if we're in our second herbicide application, you know, we might could uh, do something like a, you know, a dicamba before the cutoff date or a, a Liberty Roundup or Liberty, just depending on what we need for the situation for what weeds we have in the field. And then come back on our fertilizer with residual. And we've looked at that for the last two or three years now. We just put our first treatments of that out uh, this week. And so, you know, what we've seen in our data, I know Larry's been on the podcast talking about this as well. It looks like a good way for us to get a good pigweed residual on our cotton acres and in a fairly easy way if we can get the the fertilizer coated and so we need at least 250 pounds of material fertilizer uh to get us good enough coverage is what we've seen but uh you know we still use that same rate of residual the 3.25 ounces of residual uh equivalent on the acre um so uh but 
by doing it that way, we still have to get a rain to activate because we have to have a rain to get the fertilizer in the ground. And so uh, that's another instance where I've seen over the years where we may have had to water every row just to get all our fertilizer uh, activated, if you will, or in the soil solution. And so if we're doing that, we're also going to get the residual activated. And the active residuals we've said for the last several years is uh, peroxisulfone, and it's very active on our pigweed populations here in Arkansas. So if we can get it on the cotton acres, I think it'll help us out. That allow That's one application method to get it out. You know, I've seen and walked behind some people that's tried to put it over the top, and and we don't want to do that. And uh, Ben and I talked a little bit about some weird things we're seeing, you know, uh, and with the cotton aborting terminals, and, you know, it's got just a weird look. The petioles are stretched out, and, and uh, some stacking not really growing off right. Uh, just some isolated incidences, I'll say. Um and I, I have made that happen by, or I've caused that on our plots by putting residual over the top. And so I'm not saying that's the case with all of these fields. I'm just saying, you know, if we put the wrong mix over the top that causes a lot of injury, that could be a result, I think, of what we're seeing. I can't prove that 100%, but, but that's just some injury that we've seen in our plots when we've done that. Uh, so that's why I say be careful with these mixtures. Uh, you know, we don't want to put the, anything with peroxisulfone in it over the top of our cotton. We need to get it down below the terminal. But anytime we miss, we mess with that terminal, whether it's burning it real bad, you know, I know plant bugs can blank it out, right? Being the thrips can get in there and meal around and really mess up our terminals. Uh, herbicide drift can do it. Uh, herbicide contamination, anything, sandblast. sandblast. Yeah. Anything that physically uh messes with that terminal can cause some of the some of the problems i think we're 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 seeing so uh, i think it's important to just make sure as we're moving from crop to crop we, we clean out our tanks well i know you know we're used to this and we but a lot of times we get in a big hurry and sometimes we might forget to really do a good cleaning job on those spray tanks and so uh seeing some of that walking around seeing a lot of uh, off-target movement with ALS herbicides right now. And so I just say, be careful, you know, when you're spraying rice, peanuts is another one that we may be putting some cadre on soon, uh, on acres that can do that. And so just be careful moving from peanuts to cotton with that. Cause you can flat take out a cotton stand pretty quick with, uh, cadre herbicides. So, uh, and a lot of our rice herbicides are, are pretty rough on cotton. So we were, we were talking about the, uh, the rice herbicides earlier and we were talking about how weedy this crop is because we couldn't get any of the pre-emerge activated nick wanted me to plug everybody to let them know that you know that there could be a lot of rice stink bugs on this barnyard grass uh you know later on that's just going to be waiting for rice to head out uh later this year so everybody kind of keep that in mind yeah, and, and I think at the end of the day, we probably just need a new group of weed scientists because we do a piss-poor job of uh, of controlling weeds in general <laughs> in the state of Arkansas. I don't know. But barnyard grass and rice, we're not going to focus a lot on that today. I know that was talked about, I think, last week. But uh, with the dry conditions, it's just hard, man. It's just hard uh, hard to get anything under control. we got to have actively growing weeds. So, uh with that, we'll thank everybody for listening. We'll thank Ben for joining us today on the podcast. I don't know if you've been on ours before. I think so. Yeah, y'all kind of have your own deal going, but we appreciate you coming over here. No from, problem. 
from time to time and and uh good discussion this morning and uh we'll thank all our listeners for joining in uh for this episode of the weeds are wild podcast series on arkansas row crops radio arkansas row crops radio is a production of the university of arkansas system division of agriculture for more information please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.uada.edu